Shalom to all. Today's office mind cut and tough Zion. We are starting the top line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lilian Nishmas. Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Misha, her Nisham should have an Aliyah. And Lilian Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef, Yantav, Ben Arbasher, Anchal, his Nisham should have an Aliyah. And the Mishnah said, Rabbi Huda, Imer, Mistea, Yilin, Kedarka, Mistea, Love, and Shalai Kedarka. We had said in the Mishnah that on Chalmite and Shemitah, one is allowed to trap mice, moles, and rodents that destroy crops. Rabbi Huda differentiated between these rodents in an orchard, that's a stay at Elon. They may be trapped in the normal manner, as opposed to a field where it has to be done in an abnormal way. Now, these animals borrow underground, so we need a little bit of halachic pest control advice from the Gemara. So the Gemara tells us, Tan Rabbanon, we have a Brisa, Ketzar Kedarka, what does that mean, Kedarka? There's a normal way to trap animals. So Chaifer Gumi, you dig a hole, the Tolabamatsuda, you hang a trap by that hole, and then they go out by the way of the hole, and then they get trapped in the trap. That's a normal way to do it. Ketzar Shalai Kedarka, what's the abnormal way of doing it? Night Shpud, you take a Shpud, a spit, you stick it into the ground, Umaka Bakordom, and you hit it on top of the head with a hammer, Umaido Adami Tachtel. Now there's two different understandings of what that means. It could either mean that you flatten the ground on top of them so they're crushed, or it means the same thing as a normal way of trapping them, except that you don't dig the hole with a shovel, you just move the earth about with a spit until they come out and then they're trapped by your trap. Now, Tanya, we have a bride from Shemun Allah's armor. He tells us, and the Chum said that you're only allowed to trap it from his day love and from regular grain fields. In an abnormal way, that's only if it's near the city. However, if it's in a grain field and next to an orchard, I feel you're allowed to trap it even in the normal manner. Perhaps it's going to go from the grain field into the orchard and ruin the trees. So, therefore, even though it's only in the day love and you're still allowed to trap it in the normal manner. And we said the to you're allowed to fix a breach in your fence. Ketan Makran, how is it you fix this breach? Rabbi Yosef Amr, he answers, you take palm branches and you weave it in with other sticks and things like that. It's a temporary fixing, it's a temporary solution. You're not allowed to fix it permanently on Chalamayid. You could actually put rocks in there. You're allowed to take regular stones and put them in that breach to fix it. However, you're not allowed to put cement on them. Cementing it would be However, you do not have to use hoots of Adafna. You are allowed to put stones there. Now, this is only talking about a wall that's surrounding a garden. If the wall surrounding your chutz your courtyard fell down, or it has a breach in it, you're allowed to build it like normal, you're allowed to put cement there, you're allowed to make sure it's a strong wall because if you don't fix it, so then when robbers and thieves can come inside and steal things from people living in the Chatzar, so therefore you're allowed to fix it like normal, even on Chalamayin. Let's say the following prices arrive for that, a wall of a Chatzar, which is leaning into the Shus Rabbim, and it's in danger of falling on passersby, you're allowed to knock it down and rebuild it in the normal manner, because of danger. So you see clearly from here that we have a wall of a Chatzar is allowed to be rebuilt in the normal way on Chalamayin. So the Gemara says, that's not a Raya, where the reason is built into the Bryson, because there's danger. However, in a place where there's not a danger of the wall falling on anyone, so who says you're allowed to build it like normal? Now, some say this Bryson is actually used as a question. Tashma, the Bryson says, we have a wall of a chutzur that's leaning to the Shusram, it's in danger of falling onto someone. You're allowed to dismantle it and rebuild it in a normal fashion because it's a danger to everyone. Now, what do we learn from here? You're only allowed to rebuild it because it's a danger. However, if it's not a danger, you're not allowed to rebuild it. Let's say this is a disproof of Chizr. Chizr said that you are allowed to rebuild a wall of a chutzra on Chalamayid to prevent thieves from coming in. That's not considered preventing a danger. So it seems to be that this Brisa refutes Rav Chizda. So Amalekha Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda will answer you, Hasam, in that Brisa, Saiser Bain. It's talking about dismantling the wall and rebuilding it. Hach over here, Bain of Lysaiser, you're just fixing the breach in the wall, but you're not actually dismantling it and then building it. So the Gemara asks, Hasam Nami, in the Brisa also, we should just say, List of Lailivni, you should dismantle the wall so that it doesn't fall on anyone, but you shouldn't be allowed to rebuild it. So we answer that's not a possibility because Imkan, if we tell him to dismantle and not rebuild it, Mimna Vlaisaiser, he's not going to dismantle it in the first place because he doesn't want to leave his chutz or wide open for everyone to walk in. Now, Amr Vashi, he says, Masisa Nami Dika, our Mishnah is actually Miduk that we're talking about the wall of Agina and not the wall of a chutz. Diktani, because our Mishnah says, Ubishvi is by Nikidarka. On Shemitah, you're allowed to build it like normal. So, the Hecha, what type of wall are we talking about? Ilim in the chutz. If you want to say that we're talking about the wall of a chutz, the Mishnah has to tell us that on Shemitah, you're allowed to build the wall of a chutz in the normal manner. There's nothing wrong with building on Shemitah. So, Al Lav Dagina must be that the Mishnah is talking about the wall of a garden and the Chiddish by Shemitah is, Afagav the Mechsi commanded of Nitrusal Peri, even though by building a wall normally, 
Ali on Shemitah, around your garden, around your fruits, it looks like you're trying to guard your fruits, which we know is Asr on Shemitah. Nonetheless, the mission is telling a Chiddush that it's permitted. So Shemamino, we see from here, we're talking about the wall of a garden. However, the wall of a Chatzar would be permitted on Shemitah for sure and on Chalamayid, as of Chizda said. And now in this Mishnah and upcoming Gemara, we're going to be getting into a lengthy discussion about Saras. So the only way for one to become Tameh with Saras is by the word of a Kayin. If the Kayin tells him it's Tameh, so he's Tameh. If not, then not. Same thing with becoming Tar. He needs the Kayin to give the official word that his Nega is Tahar. So here's the process. Someone would notice a Nega on his skin. He'd go to the Kayin. If it was Tameh, so the process is simple. He gets sent out of camp until it's determined to be Tahar. That's called a Metzairah Mukhlat. He's determined. It's been determined that he's Tameh. But let's say his Nega shows a few signs of being Tameh, but not all of them. So then he gets isolated, quarantined for seven days, after which the Kayin takes a look again to see if there's a change. So this is called Hezger, isolation, and he's Tameh to some extent during this period. He's called a Metzairah Muzger when he's in Hezger. At the end of the seven days, if it's still unclear, then he does another seven days of Hezger, and if at the end of those days it's still unclear, then he's Tahar. So we have these two types of Metzairah. A Metzairah Muzger, he's in Hezger, he's in quarantine and isolation, and a Metzairah Muchlet, he's been determined that he is most definitely a Metzairah. So what we're going to be discussing here is, is a Kayin allowed to come on Chalamayid to take a look at this fellow's Negas? He'll inspect it to see if it's Tameh or Tahar. So Misha tells us, Rameir Aymra, Meir says, the kain's not allowed to come, not for kula, not for chamra. Now this is unclear, so let's continue into the Gemara. We're going to have a brasa that clarifies it a little bit. Tanya, you have a brasa. Rameir, I'm Rameir, says, kain's allowed to come to inspect the nega, only if he's going to come out to be a kula, but not a chamra. Rabbi Yisrael, he says, he's not allowed to come at all. Why is that? So here we have a little bit of an explanation. Because if you're going to say the kain now is going to have what to do with this person, and he's going to say, oh, it's tahar, that's a kula. So niska kolei aflahachmer, the kain's also going to have to say if it's tameh. He can't just come and say if it's tar, and if it's tameh, keep his mouth closed. He has to say if it's tameh as well. And therefore, we don't want this person to become tameh on chalmaid. And that's where Biasi says that the kain just shouldn't come on chalmaid. Now, Amar Rebbe, he says, near the Reb Meir Musker, we're going to keep to Reb Meir's sheet when it comes to Mitzar Musker. But the Rebbe Mochlet and the words Rebbe when it comes to Mitzar Mochlet. Meaning, according to that, Rebbe doesn't allow a kain to inspect a mochlet on chalmaid to see if it's become tar, but he does allow an inspection of a musker to determine if he's tameh or tahar. So it's still not 100% clear what exactly they're arguing about, so we continue in the Gemara. Amarav, he says, but tahar When we're dealing with someone who's tahar, and he just noticed a nega on his skin, on chalamayid, everyone agrees that we're not going to bring a kain, because at best, it's going to be tahar, but at worst, he's going to become tameh, and we don't want to ruin his simchaz yantif by telling him that he's tameh on chalamayid. So therefore, everyone's going to agree, don't have a kain come on yantif to take a look at his nega for the first time. But Hezger Rishon, let's say he's at the end of his first Hezger period, and that falls out on Everyone agrees that a kain will come to inspect that. Why is that? Because of Manavshach. If he's tahar, so he's tahar, that's great. And if nothing happens, then it's going to be status quo, and he hasn't changed this person's status. Now, Titus explains that even if his naga is actually tame, the kain doesn't need to say so until after the second period of Hezger. So, therefore, if it's at the end of the first period of Hezger, everyone agrees, meaning even Rabbi Yaisi agrees that the kain's going to come on Chalmai to take a look at his naga. So, Kipligi, what's a homachaika? Zainam and Bezantaba, Hezger Shani, if it turns out that the end of a second Hezger period falls on a mill Chalmai. Myrsav Ravmeir holds Bekain Tali Mills, everything has to do with what the kain says. So, eat tahar, if it turns out his nega is tahar, so amalei tahar, so the kain says tahar, and that's great. Vi tame, and if it turns out that it's tame, so shasak, he's just quiet, and this person is not going to become tame because the kain never said he's tame. Umar sovereign Rabbi Yezi holds, letaro elatamek The Pasuk says, to be matahar him or to be matame him. And therefore, if the kain comes and he sees that it's tame, he can't withhold and not say that it's tame. He has to say that it's tame, and therefore, it's better that he doesn't come on chalamite. Now, we had just said previously that Omar Mar, Omar Rebbe, Rebbe had said in Nirin Divi Rabbi Yezi Muchlet, that we pass like Rabbi Yezi when it comes to Mitzar Muchlet, but now we have a question. We have a brass that says the exact opposite. So the Gemara answers Tanahi Ali with the Rebbe. It's actually Machlekes Tanaim. What Rebbe holds? Mar Savart Savsu the Amma Adiflei. One man the Amma holds that companionship of the world is better for him. Mar Savart Savsu the Ishtai Adiflei. And one holds that the 
companionship of his wife is better for him. Now, what does that mean that the companionship of this one is better or the companionship of that one is better? So in order to understand that, we have to compare and contrast Mitzar Musgar and Muchlet. A Mitzar Musgar is allowed to live within the confines of the camp, whereas a Muchlet needs to leave camp. Besides for that, he also has to tear his clothing, let his hair grow, and call it that he's tummy. However, both Musgar and Muchlet are allowed to be with their wives. Now, after a Muchlet is determined to be Tahar, so he's allowed back into camp, which is nice, but he's ushered to his wife for seven days, and only after these seven days, and then he brings carbonos and goes through the process of becoming Tahar, is he permitted to her. So now here's the difference between these two Manda Amrim. One Manda Amrim holds that we are allowed to inspect a Musgar on Chalamaid because the worst thing that can happen is that he becomes Muchlet and gets kicked out of camp. But this Manda Amrim maintains that this fellow won't really care because Tzav said that Ishtai Adiflai, he's still allowed companionship with his wife and he prefers that. Whereas if he was Muchlet, then this fellow stands to lose because even if the kind pronounces him Tahar and he's allowed back into camp, he's still ushered to his wife. And as we said, Tzav said to Ishtai Adiflai, he preferred to be with his wife outside of camp than not with his wife inside camp. Whereas the other Manda Amrim holds the opposite. We're only allowed inspect a muchlet because if he's determined to be tahar then he's let back into camp and safsu da alma adiflay he prefers to be in normal society even though he's ushered to his wife whereas this man does not allow inspecting a musgar because if he's determined to be muchlet he gets kicked out of camp away from society and that's no good now the gemara asks on that remember the muchlet mutter with tashmita does that really mean that mutter muchlet is mutter with tashmita she's allowed to be with his wife the gemara says in yes matan we have a brisa the pasuk says v'yashem muchlet alay shivas yamim he has to be outside of his tent for seven days this is talking about after he's mutter muchlet now he's in his seven yemei sphira he's counting seven days before he could bring his carbonas and before he finishes his process of becoming tar, then he has to be outside his tent. And what does that mean? He's not allowed to have tashmish then. And when we say he has to be outside his tent, that means he has to be away from his wife. Shinemar, the Pasuk says, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu after Matan Taira, Leich emer lahem, lahem, go tell them, go tell them Nisro, that you can go back to your tents, meaning you can go back to being with your wives. And Rabbi Huda Amr, Rabbi Huda says, Shivas Yamim the Pasuk says he has to count seven days. He's only ushered to his wife those days that he's counting, those seven days after he's already determined to be Tahar, but he has to count those seven days, then he's ushered to his wife. However, when he's Mitzayim Mochlat, he is not ushered to his wife. Now, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Huda Aymer, he argues, and he says, if he's ushered to his wife those seven days that he's counting, and he's already determined to be Tahar during those days, so for sure, when he's Mitzayim Mochlat and he's Tameh, of course he's going to be ushered to his wife. And Amr Abchi, he says, Rabbi, I discussed this case in front of Rabbi, and I told him, didn't you teach us, Rabbi, that Yaisim was only conceived to Uziyo when he was Mitzayim Mochlat? Now, Uziyo was the king of Yehuda for 52 years, and he actually became a Metzara halfway through. After he died, his son Yaisim took over, and if you follow the chronological order of events, it turns out that Yaisim was actually conceived while Uziyo was a Metzara, so it must be that a Metzara is allowed to be with his wife. And Amrlai, Rebbe, told him, Afani kachamarti, that's exactly what I said. So we see from here that Metzara Mukhlat is allowed to be with his wife. But now the Gemara asks, Mike Mephilgi, what exactly is Rebbe Huda and Rebbe Yaisi Rebbe Huda arguing about? So Rebbe Yaisi Rebbe Huda Savar, he holds Gali Rachmari Mesa Firai Vakalshikan Mechilutai. If the Torah is telling us that when he's counting seven days, and he's really tar in that case, he's still going to be ushered to his wife, so for sure when he's tummy, he's ushered to his wife. And Umar Sav, Rabbi Huda holds, my degali gali, my delay gali, lay gali, whatever was revealed was revealed, whatever wasn't, wasn't. Meaning he's only be ushered, may sefirah, and not be mechilutai. But now going back to our original discussion between Rameyer and Rabbi Yaisi, both Rameyer and Rabbi Yaisi agreed that everything's tali in what the Kayan says. And if the Kayan doesn't say that it's tame, so then it's not tame. Yes, Rabbi Yaisi does say that if the Kayan saw that it's tame, he does have to say it's tame and he's not going to withhold that information. However, the Kayan does have the right not to even come in the first place to take a look at it. So the Gemara asks on that, remember the Bukayan Tali Milsa, is everything really tali on the Kayan? Everything is tali in what he says. The Gemara says, yes, in, that's 100% right. Fatanya, we have a brisa. It says in the Pasuk, on the day that he comes to see it. What do we learn from here? There is days that the Kayan is going to come take a look at the Nega, and there's days that he's not going to come to look at it. Mikan Amr from here, Chazal said, if a Chasan had a Nega on him, but he's a Chasan, so we're going to give him the seven days of Mishnah, the Sheva Brachas, for him, his house, and for his garments, meaning we're not going to look at it. Even if we know that it's Tameh, let's see, everyone knows his Nega's Tameh, we're not going to let the Kayan come and look at it. And Vachin Beregal, same thing with Yantif. 
We're going to give him all seven days of the regal. We're going to allow him to enjoy the regal. And only afterwards, after Yontef, the kind's going to come to inspect it. David Rabbi Yehuda's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, he says, We don't need that, Joshua, because I read you, another Pesach says, The kind commands, And they clear out the house. And what do we learn from here? If we're going to wait for him when it's a Dvar Roshos, For sure when it's a Dvar Mitzvah. What does that mean? If a person finds a nag in his house, the Pesach says that the kind waits for all of his belongings to be cleared out of the house, and only then he inspects it. That's to prevent everything from becoming Tameh, if indeed the Nega is Tameh. So the limit is, if a kind's going to delay his inspection for something mundane like this, we just want to prevent stuff from becoming Tameh, so most definitely he's going to do so for a mitzvah, if it's a chason or simchas yantif. So now we have two different limudim, how we know that everything is totally on what the kind says, and the kind will even wait and not paskin on something if there's some sort of consideration involved. Now the Gemara just asked, my benayu, what's the difference between these two shitas? It seems to be they both agree with each other. So Amr he answers, mashmais darshan ikh the homach likas is what possibly do they darshan out of, but they both agree the halacha is the same. He says, According to Yehuda, we're not going to delay paskening on Nenega if it's Dvar Roshos. However, according to Rebbe, we will delay even if it's Dvar Roshos. Now we just have to understand why Rebbe Yehuda doesn't learn like Rebbe. Rebbe Yehuda, the reason why Rebbe Yehuda doesn't learn like Rebbe is the Chiddush, because that whole case is a Chiddush, and we can't learn from a case that's a Chiddush. Because usually wood and stones are not going to become Tameh, and over here they will become Tameh. We know that the sticks and stones of your house can't become Tameh. However, in this specific case of Tzuras, we know that they could become Tameh. So the whole case is a Chiddush, so we can't necessarily learn from that case to all other cases that in other scenarios of Roshos, we're going to delay the Psaq. Only in the case of the house are we going to delay the Psaq, but all other cases we can't learn from there. Now, for Rebbe Amar, Rebbe would respond to that and defend his Shita by saying, It's Shech, we actually need both of these Psukim, and we actually have a Chiddush from both of them. If we only had the Psaq of Ubiyam Haraz by teaching us something about a mitzvah, I would say that you're only allowed to postpone the Psaq if it's Dvar Mitzvah, but it's Dvar Roshos, you wouldn't be allowed to postpone it. So because of Rahman of Tziva Kayin, that's why the Psaq says that the Kayin commands we have to take everything out of the house, and that teaches us even in Dvar Roshos, we're going to postpone the Psaq. And because Rahman of Tziva Kayin, if the Psaq only said Tziva Kayin, Havamina, I would think, Hani in the Lav Tomid Gufe. That's only in the case of the house that we're going to delay the Psaq, because it's not on the person's body, it's on his house. Aval Tomid Gufe, however, if he has a Nega on his skin, I might say the Kayin has to take a look at it right away, and we're not going to delay it. So that's what we need, both of these Psaqim. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about Saras. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.